program, the really telling it like it is program. And where we are here, I'm Apostle Baker J. Baker, who is a doctor in psychology. I do that on purpose. And <clears throat> where we're here to provoke you to think about how you think about the kingdom of God and the, and the word of God. And so we're not, uh, uh, we're not uh, babying anyone on this program. This is for mature audience only. And I have someone here that knows how to talk to mature audience only. And what I mean by that, I'm not talking about people that are ready to learn. I'm talking about people that don't get offended every time they turn around. Because my uh, guest, my, my friend, Apostle uh, Michael Fram is here to really tell it like it is. And I want to welcome him again. And uh, so, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, not, it's not for babies. This is for mature. <laughs> Folks, I'm sorry. Y'all just got to put up with me or put up with us or something. But um, Doc usually has a way of just making me laugh. I'm sorry. She does. I just love her to pieces. The more I know her, the, the more I just fall in love with her. And before we went live today, we were just talking about some things that happen within the circles that we're in. And apparently I would be a very lousy poker player because apparently I have a tell. And if I disagree with something, I'll, I'll like, oh, Lord, and do something like that. And she's like, I'm watching you. I'm watching you. <laughs> oh, boy. So anyway, we've been we've been laughing for about the last 10 minutes, but uh, I, I'm ready to dig in whenever you are, Doc. Go for it. <laughs> See, folks, I, I get these signals. These signals means go for it. <laughs> I, I'm learning Dr. Baker's sign language now at this point. But last week, where we left off, we were comparing what we're talking about, what we're dealing with, is the difference or the differences between the manifestation gift of prophecy and the ministry gift of a prophet. That's what we're in the middle of talking about. And we left off last week, we were comparing two verses of scripture. One verse of scripture says that you may all prophesy one by one. And then there's another verse in Ephesians chapter 4 that says, and God gave some as apostles and some as prophets and so forth and so on with all of the five ascension gifts. And what we were saying was in one case, he says you can all prophesy. And in another case, he says, and he gave some as prophets. So there is obviously a difference between all and some. All and some are not the same. All means everybody all inclusive. And you know what all means in the Greek? It means all. <laughs> but some is, is a delegated segment of all. It doesn't include everybody. And so we were talking about this difference. And I've been debating which way I wanted to go as a follow-up to that. 
but I think I want to go here in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And some of the other stuff that I have in my notes that I want to talk to, we'll get to later or next week or whatever. But I want to stay here in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. You're going to be here a while, so... I've been, as, as your daughter, Pastor Lanzine would say, I've been voluntold. <laughs> so I've been voluntold that I am an open-ended guest on the Really Telling It Like It Is program. And it's a privilege and an honor. Like I said, I just love this woman of God, and there's nobody else that I would rather spend my time with. I have I have some favorite people, and she has quickly become one of them. But in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, um, here's where I want to go. I want us to go to, uh, let's see, let's go to verse 29. Of 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And we're going to read 29, 30, and 31. And I'm probably going to blow some folks right out of the water here real quick. So just fasten your seatbelts so you don't get whiplash. So 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 29. I am reading New American Standard Bible. This is, again, I have my falling apart Thompson chain. And I love it because it's all highlighted and marked and I've got sermon outlines in the borders, and if it wasn't for the case that's on it, I, I think half the Pauline epistles would fall out of it. But 1 Corinthians 14, starting in verse 29, and it says, And let two or three prophets speak, and let the others pass judgment. But if a revelation is made to another who is seated, let the first keep silent. Now verse 31, for you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and all may be exhorted. Verse 32, and the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. Verse 33, for God is not a God of confusion, but of peace as in all the churches of the saints. Now, I want to pull a whole bunch of stuff out of these few verses, and I've been instructed to take my time. And, Doc, anytime you want to interject, let me know. But the first thing I want you to notice is verse 32. Verse 32 says, The spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. I don't know how many times in all the years that I've been doing this, and I've been doing it a long time. I'm in four, my 43rd year in ministry, but I've been operating in the gift of prophecy for probably 45 or 46 years now. I got spirit-filled as a Baptist boy when I was a freshman in high school, and I went from being a Baptist boy to being Baptocostal. I became Pentecostal. And, and I tell people, you know, that was in the heyday of the charismatic renewal. This was 1977. 
it was the charismatic renewal. So I was Baptist, Pentecostal, charismatic. So I was the original Baptocostalmatic. That's what I was. But, you know, I've been doing this a long time. And if there's one thing I've heard over and over again is that people would say, well, I couldn't help it. The spirit moved me. And eh, sorry, thanks for playing. Johnny, tell them what they have won. They have won an all expense paid vacation to nowhere. That is their consolation prize. No, it says the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets, which means I control whether or not I speak, not the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost does not possess us in the sense of we say somebody is demon possessed and they can't help because they're being totally controlled by the demon or by the devil. And to be honest with you, just to take a, a slight side journey for two seconds, in the original Greek, there is no such thing as demon possessed and demon oppressed. That's our lingo. In the original Greek, it's the word demonized. We say, oh, well, when it surrounds you and in your influence, you're oppressed. And if the demon's inside of you, you're possessed. Uh -uh. That's man-made theology. That's not Bible. And that's not in the original Greek. But I digress. Back to the text. The spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. So I control whether or not I speak. Even if you look in say, Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, that there came the sound from heaven, like a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were seated. And there appeared unto them, as it were, cloven tongues of fire, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance, or as the Spirit gave them the ability. Here's the deal. Who was speaking, them or the Holy Ghost? They were. People, they have a hard time releasing their prayer language because they're sitting there waiting for the Holy Ghost to speak. He ain't speaking. He gives you the utterance. He gives you the ability. And so it's the same with prophecy. The, the prophetic word is something that is inspired by the Spirit of God, but I control whether or not I yield my members unto the Holy Spirit and yield to the unction or the utterance that he gives. Somebody at one time said, when it comes to operating in the vocal gifts of the Spirit, you need to have the unction to function. And I've seen more people try to function without the unction, and it ends up being like fingernails on a chalkboard because God's not in it. And so the first thing is don't ever fall for that. Well, I couldn't help it. The Holy Ghost made me. Wrong. You know, I, I've seen people try to get up and prophesy in the middle of while the preacher is preaching. He says that God is a God of order. He's not a God of confusion. And one thing about God, he understands order and authority and submission to authority. 
And if God has anointed a person to preach the word or teach the word, while that person is teaching or preaching, the Holy Ghost is not going to interrupt them and inspire you to speak while they are teaching or preaching. He's just not going to do it because he's a God of order. Well, he inspired me. I was moving. I don't doubt that a spirit maybe moved you, but it wasn't the Holy Spirit. And so we've got to realize that when our flesh operates contrary to God-ordained patterns of authority, that it's our flesh and we need to quit blaming the Holy Ghost because we don't have self-control. The Bible is very, very plain that the fruit of the Spirit, one of the segments of the fruit, is self-control. I couldn't help it is not self-control. Well, the Spirit made, that's not self-control. The fruit of the Spirit is self-control. And so if, if you're operating by the Spirit, you can hold it. I don't know how many times I've received words from God and I've held them for 10, 15, 20 minutes before releasing them. Can I tell a story, Doc, while I'm at it? I get the yes. Okay, I can tell a story. So years ago, I was an elder and director of adult education in a particular local fellowship. And while I was there, I did so many different things that they needed. And whatever needed to be done, I would do it. I would go in and cook men's breakfast, lead men's breakfast, teach men's breakfast, and then do all the dishes and clean everything up. I just did whatever. And I, I still do that. I still love to cook. And anybody knows I go out on the road, I end up cooking wherever I go. And so one of the things that I was doing was they did not have somebody to be their head usher or their director of ushers. And because in my formative years as part of um, working with Billy Joe Doherty at Victory Christian Center in Tulsa, one of my functions was I was one of four head ushers. And so I learned in a church of, that was a mega church about being a head usher. So I said, well, while I'm here, I'll help you and I'll train somebody to be your head usher. So I will teach them what I know so that they can usher and have it done in excellence. So I'm standing in the back and I had my best deacon stance on. Y'all know what the deacon stance is? The deacon stance is against the back wall like this. I had my deacon stance on and I had the little clicker in my hand because you would count heads and you would count with the clicker. So you knew what the attendance was. And so we had a guest minister in that day. And the guest minister was a, was a singer. And he was going to minister in music. And so I'm standing in the back, minding my own business, doing my deacon stance with the clicker. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God drops on me and gives me a word for this particular visiting music minister. And so I go up the side wall of the church and go up to the pastor of the church, who was a 
friend of mine. He's a PK like me, second generation preacher. And I said, Fred, I have a word for Wayne. Wayne was the, the guest music minister. And so he looks at me and he says, okay, just hold it. We're going to do a prayer line right now and minister to people. And then when we're done with the prayer line, then I'm going to call you over and give you the mic. Okay, fine. So he calls the prayer line. I go into head usher mode. So I set the prayer line and line everybody up across the front of the church. And then the pastor and the visiting minister, they go through and they take their time and, and very pastoral. Not like a lunatic evangelist that lines him up and mows him down, which was normally my MO. But the pastor is very nurturing and taking time. It took about 15 minutes for them to go through the line and pray for everybody. So they get done. And then the pastor turns and he says, uh, Wayne, Mike has a word for you. And he calls me over and he hands me the mic. So Mike takes the mic and turns to Wayne, and I begin to prophesy to Wayne. I prophesy to Wayne for about five to seven minutes, somewhere in that ballpark. And I get done, and I take the mic, and I hand it back to the pastor. And I walk back down the side wall that I had originally walked up, go to the back, and go back to my deacon stance. Well, now Wayne gets up, and Wayne says, I just want to publicly acknowledge that word that that word was from God. And everything that he said that I was vacillating about, I've been vacillating about. And everything that he said God's been dealing with me about, God's been dealing with me about. I just want to publicly acknowledge that was 100% accurate and from God, and I receive it as such. Well, don't you know, I became the target of 20 questions when service was over. Because everybody saw me walk up the wall and go to the pastor, and they know me and know that when I get something, I go to the set man and say, I got something. And then they saw me hold it. And then they wanted to know, how did you hold a five to seven minute prophetic word for 15 minutes while you did that whole prayer line as a head usher? And of course, I blew their minds when I said, I didn't. And they said, what do you mean you didn't? And I said, I held the first phrase or two that God gave me. And I just held on to that phrase. And while they're doing the prayer line, I'm and I'm just praying in my prayer language, keeping myself stirred up. And I'm catching people. And it has no bearing on me whatsoever because my spirit man is alive to God and I'm in communion with him and I'm holding two phrases. And when it came time to release that word, I began with those two phrases. And then the rest just flowed out of my spirit. That praying in the spirit was priming the pump. And then everything rose up out of my spirit, which is where those two phrases came from that I held for all that time. But you see, the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. And so I didn't say, well, I have to give this word now because it's hot and heavy on me. And now if the set man said, just hold it until 
then I have the ability to hold it until because I am submitted to God-ordained authority and the Spirit of God is never going to override the will of the designated authority at that time. Folks, we just need to learn protocol and learn how things operate. And so I didn't say, no, I have to do it now. No, I held it until he said, okay, Mike, here you go. Take the mic and go. So the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. Go ahead, Doc. You know, something like this happened this morning. And uh, as you, um, that, 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 that story or that, that recall is perfect. This morning, Apostle, I mean, Prophet Andrew, I had a word for him. I called him and told him he was working. He says, I'll get back. He says, I want to give it attention. I'll call you back in 45 minutes. 45 minutes. So I did just what it is that you did. And when I called him back and I gave it to him, it was exactly what it was that it was to be. And I was still able to type it up, well, uh, uh, speak type it up and get it to him. So this is a lesson that you are teaching and this is so right on. So I just wanted to interject that whether it's in a service or wherever it is, is able to hold it. Just like you got to go to the bathroom sometimes, you got to. <laughs> <laughs> and hence really telling it like it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Sometimes you just got to hold it. Now, boy, whew, time's flying. So here's where I want to go in this. Back to Back to the text. So we dealt with the spirits of the prophets. I'm almost dealing with it in reverse order. So the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. God's not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches. Everything's always supposed to be done decently and in order. Now, notice in verse 29 where we started with this text. It says, and let two or three prophets speak and let the others the other who he's talking about prophets here he says let two or three prophets speak and let the others meaning the other prophets pass judgment and now we have people say well, who are you to judge me who are you to judge what i say i'm a prophet of god uh excuse me have you read 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 29? If you're a prophet, that means your words should hold up to scrutiny from other prophets. Well, nobody should judge me. I'm sorry, that's not in the Bible. Can you show me chapter and verse, please, for this hypothesis that you are postulating? Such voids, who knows what such things mean? But that's what we have. We have we have people that postulate hypothesis or hypotheses in the plural, but have no biblical basis for what they're saying. Let two or three prophets speak and let the others, the other prophets, pass judgment. 
So if I get up and I speak as a prophet of God, that means that there would be other prophets that should be there to judge what I'm saying, whether or not it's lining up with scripture, whether or not it's accurate, whether or not the inspiration or the impetus of the spirit is on it, whether it's said in love, whether it's harsh, whether it's condemnation, it should be able to be judged by other seasoned prophets that are present. And I think if we had the practice of more prophets judging prophets, we'd have less error out there. Now, when I first started reading this text, I got really, really confused. And I'm going to tell you why. Because when I read verse 29, it said, let two or three prophets speak. And then when I got to verse 31, it says, you can all prophesy. Okay, Paul, wait a minute. Why are you saying two or three prophets can speak and now you say you can all prophesy? Because Paul is drawing a distinction between prophecy and a prophet. That's why. So Paul is saying two or three prophets can speak, but everybody can prophesy which is exactly where we left off last week. We left off last week with this verse. You can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be exhorted. But according to Ephesians 4, and he gave some, not all, but some as apostles, some as prophets. So here Paul is carrying the same thought right within one same context of scripture two or three prophets but all can prophesy in other words you can all prophesy but only some that do are prophets oh if we could get folks to understand that you can all prophesy but only some that prophesy are prophets the next thing I want you to notice is that it says two or three prophets. Notice there is no limit on the amount of prophetic words. The context of all of, and really you to, to get the full context, you have to read 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 all together because it's all one treatise. They all go together. And the whole context of all three chapters is about people. It's always about people. Because you can go into like, go, oh man, I'm just almost out of time here. You know what? I'm not even going to go any further because I'm about to tie this scripture into another one in the context. And I just don't have time to do it. Doc, go ahead, wrap it so up. So that means that they'll have to come back next week. That means that they'll it's a cliffhanger there. And that means that they'll have to come back next week, okay? Uh, this is uh, Apostle Baker, J. Baker, and Apostle Michael Fram letting you know that we appreciate you being here. 
for really telling it like it is. And remember the conference that we're having with Love and Unity in October and the, the different Zooms and things we have. And Apostle Michael, you got about 30 seconds, I mean, 20, whatever it is, Tell uh, he, he's on. Tell him the times that you're on. Uh, I will be on tomorrow at 5.30 Eastern, 2.30 Pacific on the Maturing the Sons of God program on the Love and Unity TV network. And right now we are teaching on biblical tithing. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. You know I like that one. Okay. This is us saying goodbye, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.